0: Today on the Matt Wall Show, after a series of memorial services across several states, John Lewis was laid to rest at a funeral attended by many people, including 50 congressmen uh, and and many others. Today, we'll discuss the blatant and outrageous double standard that allows departed politicians uh, and other people to have multiple funerals while average Americans still aren't even allowed to have one. Also, five headlines, including a whole trove of Epstein documents, have been released um, a number of uh, very famous names are mentioned. We'll discuss that. And in our daily cancellation, I will finally cancel the most evil, deranged, and dangerous psychopaths in the country. These are these are people begging for a cancellation, and they'll finally get it today. All of that is on the way. But first, the show today is brought to you by Vincero Watches. Um, you know there are many occasions where you you may need a watch. You know when a watch is going to be something that, that that ties the whole outfit together and kind of gives you that extra pop that you're looking for. Uh, whether you're going for a night out, you're going to a wedding, you got a business meeting, uh, you know, whatever whatever it is, that's why you need Vincero watches. A watch should be something you look forward to putting on every day. And that's exactly how I feel about my Vincero watches. Vincero is uh, dedicated to the craft. Uh, they, they put the time and effort into crafting these timepieces, And you could tell, you could really tell when you wear them that, um, that there's been a lot of time put into them and a lot of care. Uh, These are not just like factory-assembled cookie-cutter watches. These are uh, watches that that a lot of effort and time has been put into. With Vincero, there's no brand name markup, no big-time price tags. Um, Their promise to you is simple, solid, well-made products that you will enjoy wearing. During this time, they continue to do right by their buyers as well. These guys, they know just how important it is to shop from brands that you trust. So go check out their watches at vincerowatches.com slash You get access to... Our exclusive disc- discount is where Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns, and they guarantee your watch for two years. And this is why they have over 22,000 five-star reviews. Don't trust me. Trust what the people are saying about Vincero watches. If you visit vincerowatches.com slash Walsh, um, and uh, when you purchase the discount, Walsh is automatically applied at checkout. So it's that easy to shop. That's how you get the discount. That's just make sure to put it vincerowatches.com slash Walsh. Like I said, These are timepieces that you're gonna enjoy wearing every single day. Um, And if you don't, Vincero will make it right. That's their promise to you. If you don't like it, they're gonna make it right. If you don't love it, they're gonna take care of it. But you will love it, I guarantee you that. Go shop Vincero. Uh, The deal is really too good to pass up. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash walls. Do not pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Take advantage of our exclusive discount and get up to 20% off for your entire order. Okay, Representative John Lewis, laid to rest at a funeral in Georgia on Thursday. The funeral attended by dignitaries, former presidents, politicians uh, from all over the country, including 50 members of Congress were there. It was a culmination of several days worth of memorials and public remembrances for the late congressman and civil rights icon. Uh, The journey began with a a service in an Alabama chapel and then another at Troy University. In fact, there were a couple at Troy Troy University, I believe. the congressman's body was also ceremonially escorted across a, uh, a bridge in selma by a military honor guard it was a horse-drawn carriage there was an audience there watching that lewis was then laid in state in dc for a few days of public viewing and then he was brought back down south to atlanta for a series of memorials on monday followed or wednesday followed by the funeral on thursday in all, there were more than ten ceremonies across five different cities, in three different states. Um, well, two states and DC, I guess. The final ceremony, uh, the funeral, was invite only. But many of the pews, if you if you look at the, the, for instance, this this screenshot here, you can see many of the pews were still packed tightly with people sitting shoulder to shoulder. Now. Under normal circumstances, I would not begrudge a prominent figure um, like John Lewis, his memorials and posthumous celebrations. Lewis, you know, obviously isn't the first such figure to have memorials like this. John McCain died two years ago, and uh, he had a, a similarly packed schedule of memorial services. But the difference between two years ago and today, obviously, is the coronavirus and the accompanying lockdowns and restrictions that we have all been under, or at least most of us have been under in most circumstances. And that's the point. For months now, many Americans have either been prohibited from holding funeral services at all for their deceased loved ones, or have been forced to hold very small gatherings attended only by immediate family members. I know people who have been in this situation. All of us know people, or or you might be one of these people. Um, I've, I've heard these stories. I've gotten many emails from people talking about this. The uh, father died, a, a grandfather, even a child died. And either there was no funeral or there was just a very small funeral attended by immediate family members. Um, the, CDC, the CDC labels large or medium-sized in-person funeral services as, quote, highest risk events. And in many places, such events are still banned. There was a a funeral director who wrote an article for the Washington Post back in April, and the the article said that saying goodbye to a loved one has become a lonely affair. And that's true, but not for everyone. A whole series of exceptions were made for John Lewis, just as they were made for George Floyd's various memorials and funerals. Now, granted... um, as I said, under normal circumstances, it, 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 it would it would make sense for John Lewis to have all these memorial services. And uh, under normal circumstances, there's, there's nothing absurd about it. Under any circumstance, to have all these memorial services for George Floyd and the Golden Casket and everything, even without coronavirus, would be totally absurd. Um, but even so, you know, when it comes to coronavirus, exceptions made in both cases. And the exceptions don't just apply to the events themselves. Buck Sexton makes a good point. He points out on, uh, on Twitter, D.C. regulations require that travelers from Georgia must self-quarantine for 14 days. Well, will the, the 50 congressmen who attended Lewis's funeral in Atlanta, are they going to proceed directly to self-quarantine for 14 days? Somehow I doubt it. And this has always been the problem with the coronavirus policies and restrictions. It's not just that they represent unconstitutional infringements on our liberties, though they do, but that they are blatantly arbitrary, and this is one of the reasons why they represent unconstitutional infringements on our liberty. In many cases, like with the, you know, know, you've got you've got more restrictions on church attendance. In some places, you can't go to church at all, but you can still go to a BLM protest. Not only is that arbitrary, but because it is arbitrary, that's one of the reasons why it's an unconstitutional infringement, because this is viewpoint discrimination. It's the government saying, well, you know, if you have this point of view and if you're gathering for this reason, then it's okay, but not for this over here. Now, why can John Lewis have a dozen memorials in five cities while you weren't allowed to have even one for your beloved grandmother who died? The answer is, quite simply, that your grandmother's life was not as important as the life of John Lewis, according to the people in power. That's what they're telling you. That is really the reason. There, there can't be any other reason. There's just, no, right now, nobody else would be allowed to do this. You wouldn't be allowed to have, uh, you know, for most people who die, it wouldn't be an option anyway to have multiple memorial services. But the point is, you 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 wouldn't be allowed to. You just simply couldn't do it almost anywhere in the country. You could do it for John Lewis because the powers that be say he's more important than the rest of you peons. Simple as that. You know, why can't you go to church even while thousands of Black Lives Matter demonstrators and rioters can gather together, cram together in the street? Because the powers that be don't care about your church or, or, or believe in its message. They do care about BLM and they do believe in its message. So one is allowed but not the other. This is the true outrage and disgrace here. And the, the word outrage is so overused that I'm hesitant to use it, but, but there are some things that are actual outrages. This is one of them. And if you had, you know, if, if you lost a loved one in the, in the last few months, then yes, I think actual real outrage is probably what you're feeling when you see this. This is perhaps the most explicit case of rules for thee but not for me that we have seen in modern times. It is the very definition of tyranny. Now, that's one notable thing to discuss uh, from the funeral yesterday. The other is Obama, speaking of disgraceful, Obama and his disgraceful political stump speech that he delivered uh, during his eulogy. It was supposed to be a eulogy of John Lewis. Here's uh, one piece of
1: that. Naming it the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that is a fine tribute. But... John wouldn't want us to stop there, just trying to get back to where we already were. Once we pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, we should keep marching to make it even better. By making sure every American is automatically registered to vote, including former inmates who've earned their second chance. By adding polling places and expanding early voting, and making Election Day a national holiday. So if you are somebody who's working in a factory or you're a single mom who's got to go to her job and doesn't get time off, you can still cast your ballot by guaranteeing that every American citizen has equal representation in our government, including the American citizens who live in Washington, D.C. and in Puerto Rico, they're Americans by ending some of the partisan gerrymandering so that all voters have the power to choose their politicians, not the other way around. And if all this takes eliminating the filibuster, another Jim Crow relic, in order to secure the God-given rights of every American, then that's what we should do.
0: And, of course, he also attacked Trump's use of federal law enforcement officers.
1: But today, we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators
0: and he also started yammering about the filibuster and uh, basically went down a whole list of political grievances this is this this is just to remind you uh first of all th- this is a eulogy so let, let's remember that that's what this is supposed to be you could kind of forget when you watch that this is a you but it's supposed to be a eulogy now of course Using a eulogy as a platform for your political stump speech is tasteless and grotesque, to put it mildly. But it also shows you something important, I think, about the left and how the left operates. Because for most normal people, a eulogy is a time first to celebrate the life and achievements of the deceased, and then also um, in in most of the funerals I've been to, it is also it is a place for spiritual reflections, for hopes and prayers for the repose of the of the of the departed soul, right. But Obama as a as a leftist, see, he draws no real distinction between personal, political, and spiritual. For him, it's all the same. He can't separate those things. They're all they're all exactly the same. Politics is the religion of the left. So stumping for a voting rights act at a eulogy to a leftist, that's okay. It's a spiritual message. And that's why a lot of you know, leftists on social media, while others were complaining about this, a lot of leftists were saying I don't, what's the problem? I don't see the issue here. Well, I know you don't see the issue. You don't see the issue with someone getting up at a eulogy and start proposing bills that they want to see passed in Congress. It's not the place for it. But to you, it is the place for it, because it's political. And this is a church. And for you, politics, religion, spirituality, it's all the same. Politics is your religion. That's why you don't see the issue with it. Uh, But nonetheless, it's still disgraceful. All right, let's move on to our five headlines. Well, as we're about to get into some interesting news here, here's something. Um, The SpaceX capsule will be landing this Sunday, August 2nd, the first time that SpaceX will have completed a successful crewed mission to the International Space Station, the first time in over a decade that a crewed spaceship was launched from the United States. So in short, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, and we're going to be streaming it across YouTube, Facebook, and dailywire.com featuring a special all-access all, li- all access live discussion with Daily Wire God King Jeremy Boring. All-access members can join uh, the chat and talk to Jeremy during the live stream of the mission. And then you can stick around afterward for a live stream Q&A where you can watch him answer your questions in real time. So don't miss out. Join all-access at dailywire.com and get 20% off with code ACCESS. That's dailywire.com slash Walsh, 20% off with code ACCESS. Number one, the Ghislaine Maxwell case. I still don't know if that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone knows how to pronounce her name, but I'm just going with that. Hundreds of pages of documents were unsealed last night. Some of the documents are transcripts from a deposition um, with Virginia Roberts, the woman who alleges that she was trafficked, uh, one of many women trafficked, hundreds of women trafficked by uh, Maxwell and Epstein, and she was a minor at the time like so many other women were other documents uh, like emails and, and other things are included. For example, there's an email between Epstein and Maxwell where Epstein uh, appears to be feeding Maxwell a statement that she can give to the press, denying allegations against her. So stuff like that. More interesting are the names that Roberts gives. She said that she was directed to have sex with, be abused by Alan Dershowitz and, um, former New Mexico governor, Bill Richardson, a number of prominent businessmen and financial guys. And she names Bill Clinton as a guy who was on Epstein's sex Island. Uh, though she she says she never saw him commit any crimes, but you know, Bill Clinton, Clinton on sex Island. I think we could use our common sense on this one. My concern to be honest with you is that this will be, it, 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 it's, it almost that it will amount to zero consequences for any of these scumbags. Um, One, because there's no justice in the world, especially for rich and powerful people. We know that. And also, two, because there are so many names and so much information and so many documents that I guess I'd be concerned that it all sort of ends up up getting buried under the avalanche and there's not any particular focus on one of these guys or the other. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but that's my worry. And in any case, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are many more documents out there. And many big names, by the way, were redacted on the documents that we saw. So We'll see what happens. Um, the, the names that we really n- need to see, I think, are the people who are still currently wielding power. Most of the names we've gotten are former this or that, former politicians. Uh, I want to see the current ones too. Number two, St. Louis prosecutors will not charge Officer Darren Wilson in the death of Michael Brown. That's the headline. If, if it sounds like I'm reading headlines from 2014 and I've gotten confused or something and I went back on Google by accident, I'm not. This is a headline from last night. St. Louis prosecutors apparently reviewed Darren Wilson's case at the request of Michael Brown's family because this is what prosecutors do now, I guess. They're, they work as personal attorneys for the families of alleged victims. Um, so they, they, they asked him to review the case and he did. And last night he announced the results of the review um, that nobody knew was being conducted. And they say there isn't enough evidence to charge Darren Wilson. We already knew that, of course, because this is now the third investigation into this shooting. Third. A grand jury investigated it. The Department of Justice under Barack Obama investigated it. And now a St. Louis prosecutor has investigated it. Maybe we'll get a you know, we'll just we'll just get it an investigation every every few years, like a a ceremonial sort of thing. All of these investigations have found that there is nothing to charge the officer with. Three investigations all come to the same conclusion. And that's because Michael Brown was a violent... We can say this now conclusively. We, we, we we, We could have said it six years ago conclusively. Michael Brown was a violent criminal who assaulted a store clerk for no reason, just assaulted him, then assaulted a cop and tried to disarm him and, and died in the process. We know that. We know it from witnesses. We know it from forensics. We know it now from three investigations. What else do we need? But of course, none of this matters. It can be investigated 10 more times. And the people who have bought into the Michael Brown false narrative will continue to buy into it. It doesn't matter what comes out. I mean, we, they could release video footage showing what happened, um, which is that we know what happened. Michael Brown charged Darren Wilson and tried to take his weapon. Um, you know, for, for, for a lot of forensics evidence, for example, and ballistic evidence, uh, for example, you know, gunpowder residue on Michael Brown, which you wouldn't get if Wilson was yards away shooting Brown while he has hands up saying don't shoot. The gunpowder residue is because uh, Brown was right on top of Darren Wilson when the gun went off. Anyway, but it doesn't matter. People that have bought into the, to the false narrative will continue to. Defend it. Number three, the NBA started back up again last night, and uh, every player, coach, and ref knelt for the anthem. There you go. There you can see the spectacle. Uh, now, Charles Barkley, during the halftime show, provoked a lot of anger from the left. Uh, he, he now has the cancel dogs hounding him for something that he said about the anthem issue, and it was very provocative, extremely controversial. I have to admit. I mean, I, I you know I can't believe Barkley had the gumption to say this. Uh, it's pretty shocking. Listen to this. Listen, the National Anthem means different
1: things to different people. Uh, I'm glad these guys are all unified, but if people people don't kneel, they're not a bad person. Uh, I want to make that perfectly clear. Uh, I'm glad they had unity, but if we have a guy who doesn't want to kneel, because the anthem
0: means something to him, he should not be vilified. So there you go. If you don't kneel, you're not a bad person. That's all he said. This is now provocative and controversial. Now, he's right, of course, but... Think about what it says that, that this is a notable statement. One that causes people to get angry and outraged. All he's saying is, well, you're not necessarily a total dirtbag if you don't kneel. And the left treats this as a shocking claim. Because they demand, of course, total and absolute and unthinking allegiance to their cause and adherence to their talking points. But think back even a year ago. A year or two, a year ago, two years ago, um, you know, you had to defend, the left had to defend people kneeling. And now if if there's any defenses, it has to be a defense of people not kneeling. That's how quickly this issue has shifted, which is one of the advantages of owning the culture as the left does. Number four, Ellen DeGeneres, who has been the target of a lot of criticism recently for, in this case, warranted criticism um, for all the countless reports of her being an abusive sociopath to her staff and interns, allegedly, has sent out a letter Variety tells us uh, it's a it's an emotional letter, an emotional apology letter to her staff. She's taking accountability, apologizing. Let's, let's, here's what she says. She says, hey, everybody, it's Ellen. On day one of our show, I told everyone in our first meeting that the Ellen DeGeneres show would be a place of happiness. No one would ever raise their voice and everyone would be treated with respect. Obviously, something changed, and I am disappointed to learn that this has not been the case. And for that, I am sorry. Anyone who knows me knows it's the opposite of what I believe and what I hope for. I could not have the success I've had without all of your contributions. My name is on the show, and everything we do, I take responsibility for. Alongside Warner Brothers, we immediately began an inter- internal investigation, and we are taking steps together to correct the issues. As we've grown exponentially, I've not been able to stay on top of everything and relied on others to do their jobs as they knew I'd want them done. Clearly, some didn't. That will now change, and I'm committed to ensuring this does not happen again. Uh, and it goes on from there, but that's basically it. That's the gist of it. That's the tone. She, she's accused of being a horrible boss who abuses her staff. And what's her response to that? She blames her staff. This is a total passing of the buck to her staff, who are the ones who originally accused her of being a bad boss. And so she's to prove them wrong, she's blaming them. Zero accountability, zero responsibility. Does not apologize at all for her behavior and lays the blame on her staff. Amazing. Although, you know, in fairness to her, you can kind of see why she what else is she going to do? I mean, the only other option is to come out and say, yeah, you know what? I am a total scumbag. I'm awful. Everything, my whole shtick has been fake. Uh, I'm not a nice person. I'm a really terrible person. I'm sorry about that. Now, I would would respect it if she came out and said that, but you know, it's just, when you're, when the accusation is essentially nothing less than you are at the core of your soul a scumbag, it's, that's going to be a really hard thing to come out and admit, especially when your entire brand is being the opposite of that. So if she were to admit it, then her brand goes away. And uh, so it, it, it would take moral fortitude and courage and integrity to come out and admit it. But she's not because, again, scumbag. So um, number five, finally, this isn't really a headline per se because Media Matters complains about us every single day, obviously. But but the latest Daily Wire clip that Media Matters is offended by is this one from Ben's show. And... They put the video online. Leftists are whining about it as usual. Uh, I did have one thing I wanted to say about it, so let's play the clip. Listen to this.
1: Hey Ben, I had a Star Wars question for you. Um, oh, good times. I generally
0: agree with I generally agree with your take on the sequel trilogy. I mean, even if you liked one of those episodes, the the trilogy as a whole was just a, a failure, in my opinion. And I, I noticed that they had announced that um, there's another trilogy scheduled to begin in 2022. And just your opinion on, in an ideal world. Uh, where Disney was getting it right. Uh, what would you like to see that next trilogy be
2: about? So, I- I've said before that I think that th- there's a, a great series to be made on uh, Darth Plagueis. I think that there's a great series to be made on Darth Bane. Like uh, the th- the truth is that what makes the Star Wars universe interesting uh, is the is the dark side of the force and so all the focus on the jedi is actually a lot less interesting than the focus on the dark side of the force and its seductiveness. Um so, you know, I guess that the high republic is supposed to be their sort of prequels. It's based on other jedi, which is fine. I mean, that that's all fine. They they haven't really rolled up rolled out exactly, you know, how SJW this is going to be. Uh, I know that I know that the Disney kind of Imagineers have decided that they're only going to have female heroes from now on, which is absurd because Star Wars is essentially <laughs> Uh, a little boy's property. I mean, if if you look at like the percentages of people who really are huge Star Wars fans, it breaks down pretty heavily male, I would think. Um, but I haven't seen what the, you know. I'll be curious to see what they do. Uh, to me, the only redeeming feature of the of the sequels in in Star Wars is the fact they actually finally explained why Rey was such a, a Mary Sue. Like that. If they had not, then it would have been mm-hmm. incredibly annoying. But yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. I just hope that they don't do what they what they've been pledging to do, which is you know kind of throw in a bunch of SJW nonsense.
0: How dare he how d- I for one am shocked and appalled by Ben Shapiro's sexism appalled now granted of course he's absolutely right but still uh yeah Star Wars is primarily a boy thing it's most of its fans are boys not exclusively but mostly that's just true okay you, you might not like it it might make your tummy hurt when someone says it but it's true it's just a fact um but what I really want to say here, just using Ben's point as a platform to jump off of and into the abyss, um, this, this push in general to inject female action heroes into every damn movie and franchise is annoying for the, for the same reason. And it's really becoming, I mean, you go to Netflix or wherever, you know, every cop show or action film or whatever it is, almost all of them have female leads now. And yeah, it gets a little silly after a while. Um, Silly because in many cases, these are still genres with mostly male audiences. The the left, they're the ones that say that representation is important, right? Because uh, people, when they're watching films, they want to relate to the characters and uh, sort of imagine themselves as, as those characters. That's the whole reason why we're told that representation matters in film. Well, okay. That's also why it's dumb to turn every action film with a mostly male audience into a feminist fever dream. Um, And it's not just the male audience either. I mean, I've spoken to many females who are also rolling their eyes at the girl power shtick and have had enough of it. Um, Yes, these are fiction stories. Most of these sorts of films are not exactly hyper-realistic to begin with. Even so, the suspension of disbelief really gets a hell of a workout when you're watching a 120-pound hot chick beat up a bunch of brawny 250-pound dudes, right? Yeah, seeing Liam Neeson in in a movie like Taken single-handedly kill, like, 300 Albanian sex traffickers with his bare hands by himself. That's not exactly true to life, okay? I, I mean, you're at no risk of mistaking that for a documentary, though it would be one hell of a documentary for sure. But take Liam Neeson out and replace him with, like, Charlize Theron, and the suspension of disbelief has just snapped. It's, it was already strained. Now it's snapped under the pressure under the strain, um, and, 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 a, and a kind of cool and tense, but also admittedly ridiculous action scene becomes just a straight-up cartoon. Now, look, I, I know there's no way to make this point without the Media Matters headline of Daily Wire host outraged by female action stars or, you know, whatever. Um, no, not outraged. Not outraged. This is not outrage. When there's a lot, when you get outraged from me, you know it, okay? Um, no, I think it's dumb and silly, is what I'm saying, and a, a huge percentage of the audience, male and female, agrees that it's dumb and silly. Um, they just won't say it out loud. That's the difference, okay? Let's go to our daily cancellation, but before we do. Um, you got to get the Reader's Pass. We've been telling you about this. It's only $3 a month. You can start with 99 cents a month. If, you know, your first month is 99 cents. If you go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and get the Reader's Pass. Uh, if you want to get the news and analysis without all the left-wing spin, then you, you got to do that. You get uh, access to all of our exclusive op-eds. You also get, um, uh, you, know, you can be a part of the discussion online with other Daily Wire members. You receive push notifications. You get access to our mobile app, the mobile ad-free access to to all of our Daily Wire news, exclusive op-eds, I can't speak, and all of that you get at DailyWire.com/slash subscribe and join today. That was a great read right there. I am a professional, folks. Okay, let's go to our daily cancellation. Um, this is a very important subject, and I believe I have addressed it before on the show. I don't think I've 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 taken the time to issue a cancellation related to it. I don't think if I have then I'm repeating myself and just deal with it stop complaining okay this is my show don't judge me so I want to show you something this is a real photo uh, I took it myself it's difficult to look at I warn you if you have kids in the room I would say have them turn away for a moment uh, not appropriate for them I, I don't even know if they're going to let me show this without blurring it out it is pretty graphic but okay here we go here's the picture As you can see there, those are shopping carts in a Walmart parking lot, left in the middle of the parking lot. This is what I stumbled across yesterday. There is a cart corral not but 20 feet away. Look at the one closest to the grass. That's five feet from the receptacle. Five feet. This is someone who, almost to make a point, had pushed the cart nearly all the way there and then said, no, I can't go any further. I I I can't I've I can't I've gone too far. My legs will give out. It's too much. Um, and then they just leave it there. And this was a breezy day yesterday, by the way. Those are not shopping carts. Those are torpedoes. All it takes is an errant wind to send one of those things crashing into someone's side panel. It has been the primary goal of my life and my life's main ambition. To combat these shopping cart ditchers to expose them to punish them to shame them I, i truly believe that the entire the entirety of a person's character can be assessed based on what they do with their shopping carts after they've unloaded their groceries it may seem like a small thing but it's precisely because it's a small thing that it tells you everything you need to know see if you cannot be bothered for the sake of your fellow man to return your shopping cart to walk 20 feet to return it or five feet to return the cart then we know that the cutoff, the bar for you, for what you're willing to do for the betterment of society, is somewhere below returning a shopping cart. You see, we we know that the bar is below that. Maybe there are some things you're willing to do for society uh, and for your fellow man, but it's not anything as, as significant as returning a cart. I'll put it this way. If you're trapped in a burning building, and a shopping cart ditcher walks by outside, are you going to have any confidence that he's going to run in and save you? No, because this is someone who won't even put his cart away to save your vehicle from getting scratched. You think he's going to risk his life? No, of course he's not. Uh, Which is why, if there was a shopping cart ditcher trapped in the burning building, I would just leave them to their death. That's a little strong, isn't it? I'm coming on a little bit strong. I'll I'll pull back just a smidge from that. Uh, Here's my point. You know, there's there's no excuse. Uh, So someone said to me yesterday, you know, when I I was complaining about this online, because this this is like I said, I'm a professional. This is what I do. Someone said we have to make exceptions for the elderly and disabled and mothers with children. You know, yeah, everyone else, but make exceptions for them. Sorry, no, no exceptions. First of all, if we made exceptions for old people and women. Um, then who exactly are we holding accountable here? Because that's like 85% of a grocery store's clientele. But more to the point, if a person is capable of getting the cart to begin with, walking around the store with it, doing the 19-mile lap around Walmart, going back to their car, then they're capable of going back to the cart corral. I don't, I don't want to hear the excuse. If you've already done all that it's, and it's time to return their cart, your cart, you can't suddenly go, oh, I'm too old. I'm old, I can't do it, my knees. So I've had, a, I've had an attack of old suddenly and I, I just can't anymore. I've already walked 57 miles to get everything at Walmart, but, but this nah, this the last 10 feet, I simply can't do it. Can't do it, no. We've seen what you're capable of, all right? Return the cart, Gramps, no excuse. As for mothers, I don't wanna hear that excuse for a minute. I've been shopping with four kids by myself I might not be a mother. I could be a mother for all you know these days, okay? If I choose to be a mother, then I am. Whether I am or not, I return the cart. If I can do it, you can do it. It's not that hard. Put the kids in. Let me explain how this works. Here's the process for any, 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 any mothers who are confused about this. Put the kids in the car. Put the groceries in the car. Return the cart. And then come back to your car and drive away. Happily ever after. Not hard to do, you. you uh, oh, but I don't want to leave my precious children in the car alone. You can't leave them in a car while you walk fifteen feet away. Really? What do you? What's going to happen when you're when in that fifteen, in in the twenty seconds it takes you to do that? What do you think is going to happen? What's the worst case scenario? What? It's it's hot out. I can't leave them in the. What do you do when you're at a gas station? Do you? Uh, do you, I mean, I hope you don't leave the car running while you pump the gas. Do you take all the kids out at the gas station? All right, kids, get out. Come stand here at pump five. I can't leave you in the car alone. Come on. Don't be ridiculous. I actually had a mother tell me once that she doesn't want to get arrested for leaving her car's kids in the car alone while she returns the car. Right, because there are cops in the parking lot with measuring tape. And if you if you walk more than seven feet from your car to return a cart, uh, they're gonna arrest you on the spot. Sure. I'm, I'm sure that's happened many, it's that's happened millions of times, I'm sure. It's a really common occurrence. Stop. Stop with your excuses. Take ownership, take accountability. I'm not, you know, there may be some excuses. Let me backtrack a little bit. If you get abducted on your way to return the cart, okay. If you get raptured in the in in the parking lot of a Super fresh while you're returning your cart, then okay, I guess God in that case will be the shopping cart ditcher, and I'll have words with him about that at a later date. But or even if you're say Batman, okay, and 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 uh, you're in the parking lot, you see the bat signal, and uh, the Riddler is about to blow up City Hall, and you've got to go. And okay, fine, I'll allow for that. But aside from those, if you are not abducted, raptured, dead, or Batman, return your damned cart. You scoundrels. Scoundrels and rapscallions. The lot of you. That's what I say. Cancelled. And we will leave it there. That was, uh, what was that? Ten minutes on shopping carts? Okay. You know, there's nothing else going on in the world. It's not like there's more important news happening in the world. So I'm going to carve out some time to talk about shopping carts because this is an important issue. And I'll leave you with that for the weekend to uh, ruminate on and meditate on. Talk to you next week. Godspeed. And our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020.
2: If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there.